Last time on Cloudfall. The festival is upon us. The citywide competition where the citizens of Baxi compete to find out who's really holding all the talent. Poppy competed against the biggest names in the local food scene, with her whole party at her side. Their effort, combined with Poppy's incredible natural talent, won them a slot in the top 10, with Poppy being pronounced as the best baker in Baxi. But they didn't get to celebrate, even for a second, because even though Poppy came out on top, the entire island is about to fall down. How does it feel to be the last best baker in backseat? Wow. That's uh, pretty morbid and kind of put a damper on my win. Well, no. you hold the title forever. That's true. That's true. I don't... Uh, it's still not set in yet. Everybody, I, I think it's getting real bad. Not only is the... I mean, y'all felt the shaking, but uh, yeah. the bright bulbs are doing some... Just like before on lore. Yeah, you all look around to see, indeed, the bright bulbs are swarming telltale signs of an impending cloudfall. You're all still standing in the gardens of Baxi, with the bake-off having just concluded, the island is shaking. And there's a moment of smiling bewilderment from the crowd around you, where they're all just kind of jovially not considering the real danger that's going on here. But as it continues to rumble, some of that crowd becomes sincerely anxious and starts to disperse a little bit. What do we do? I want to go to the core. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think we need to stop with the festival. I can try and talk to the, the top ten, because I'm, I'm one of them now, but I, I don't know if my word will mean anything yet. Do you think you can buy us time in the core, or should we start evacuating right away? Uh, I don't know. I, I just want to go down there and see if there's anything I can do, and maybe talk to this Sesk creature down there and I don't know, it's a last ditch effort but I don't think we have another choice Journey Sesk was not exactly approachable, why is it going to be different this time? Well, this time I know what's in there and I can reach out before I get close but last time we were invading the space and Oscar was doing all sorts of weird stuff down there so maybe I don't know, maybe this time it's different and they can probably feel the shaking too We don't have a lot of time uh, last time this happened, the giant beast of that island went all crazy, too, you recall. What's to say Sesk will not be the same way? I'm still not convinced that that second Kree was the real one. Uh, maybe we can try to find Phenom and see if we can broadcast something to the crystals and, and warn people to get off the island if they can. I think that's a good idea, so I I can try and run interference and... and, and 
diplomacy, I guess. Great. I can try and buy you guys time and, and let them know that that's important if you want me to, or are you going to try and sneak in? I think that with all the security up here for the festival, now's our best shot to get down there anyway. Maybe if you try to convince some of the people to start getting onto ships. I think with all the extra people here for the festival, there's also more ships around that could hold them and get them off the island. I wouldn't share what they're up to in the core. Okay. We don't know who might try to stop them. Okay. Even if you convince them to start evacuating people, it we're short on time as it is, so I think I'd like to go a journey and ask if anyone else would like to join us and see if we can delay the inevitable here in any way we can. Hey, just don't forget about getting burned to a crisp down there. I'll be careful. That's rumbling that you had all felt uh, tapered off somewhere in the middle of your conversation. You see the crowd is dispersed a little bit. A lot of people are returning back to calm. But at the same time, you hear an echoing announcement play out through all of the uh, Venus crystal canvases that are lined out here. Usually playing advertisements and other videos that people have uploaded is now putting out the call for all racers. Hey, that's me. For those of you who would like to attend the festival race for the month of July. Racers, please bring your vehicles, your beasts, your fastest vessels to the ring light to begin to prepare. Thank you. Uh, I think we have to go there anyway. Yes, if it's all the same, even if the race is called off, there is business I must attend to with the ring light. Let's go, Poppy. Okay, I'll go with you guys. I uh, might be able to keep an eye out for any one trying to mess with your cart or your anything else. Sounds good. If I am to participate in the race, I wouldn't mind having someone to communicate with. How about I give you my Echo Bell to Poppy? I have a bad feeling about this. Well, good luck to y'all, and I guess we'll head down to the core. If you're ready, Doran. Be safe, Journey. Uh, Doran, I'm about to face off with Ballard myself. Exactly what was it that gave you the edge over him? Sheer luck, Guy. I will say he seems very powerful and skilled with illusions, but he's not a god. He can be hurt and he can miss. So just be on your best game, I guess. Got it. I start heading toward where I can find a way down to the core. So, Journey and Doran, the first time that you all made it down to the core, you took a path kind of laid out by Oscar. He had you going through this utility room with a now broken spinning pipe that led you down and up and down again and into this blower room and finally into the core. You also escaped through a single vertical column about 500 feet up. How are you planning to get back? Doran, do you know, I'm not really a city folk. Do you have any idea of where, I don't know, a simpler entrance might be? I don't know if I have much that can actually help us get down quickly. Um, it'd be quite a drop. Do you have any way of stopping us from splatting if we were to jump down the straight shot? 
that ideally we could take that route. Not really. I can make it so people don't really see us as we're going along. Maybe we just go through the front door, essentially, and I can just shield us from being seen. Okay. I guess the room that we first saw Sir Bowen. Yeah, that was near the jail cells and the core chamber. Yeah. I'm wondering if it would be easy for us to get back there because I remember the tree was also there. Yes. Yep. That's all in Hushtown. That's in the like lower district. So you just take one elevator and you're there. We need to go fast. Yeah. Dorn, let's go down to where we first saw Sir Bo and start from there because I think that's the closest link to the core chamber. How long would it take us to get down there on foot? Oh, just a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. It's all pretty accessible. All right. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, before long, you guys follow that same trail that you followed when you first got to Baxi. So you actually walk out of the front gates down this uh, kind of side utility road on the outskirts of the city, out to the brass elevator, down into Hushtown. And that familiar quiet and cold greets you when you're there. It almost looks like a snowy village with all the ash in the street. And Journey, as you're crossing through the middle of the cobbles here with this big circular layout, you see that tree in the middle of it, completely leafless standing in the cold. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace on myself and Doran. Yeah. The tree doesn't see you pass by at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... You never know in D&D. Yeah. I'm going to cast it just in case any other random straggler walks up. Yeah. Um, and then what I would like to do... Yeah. So Journey looks at Doran and just puts up a, a hand and one finger to say, like, just a second. Um, and she's going to jog up to the tree. You can follow if you want, <laughs> Doran, and reach out and put a hand on the tree. Mm. Yeah, you had done something before. Mm -hmm. Speech of beast and leaf. Yeah, so I can communicate in a limited manner with beasts, plants, and vegetation. Perfect. They can understand my words, but I cannot understand them in return. Oh, interesting. You gotta tell a plant to be leaf. cool. To leaf. <laughs> well, here's the deal. You've got something else going for you. You reach out to connect with this tree like you had before, and whether or not you had done this many times in your life, it does work for you. And it occurs to you that that might be partly in thanks to Ganymede. Mm. That feeling might go a little beyond what you even expected it to, but what you feel is not optimistic. You had discerned earlier that this tree was feeling like it knew its end was near and that it was in its final winter, so to speak. That feeling has extended to the rest of this island. It's no longer fearing for itself. It is mourning the loss of its ecosystem, of its family. In a lot of ways, it does not respond. Can I get a feel for how, how deep its roots go? Do I get a feeling that this tree is somehow connected to the core in a little bit of a way? Doran, you're watching Journey. She's got her hand on the trunk of this tree, and she's been standing there for a while, kind of furring her brows again and again, trying to make it connect with her, trying to really get something out of it. And then you see Journey's eyes kind of flick open, and you see a thoughtless tear roll down Journey's face, and then another... And I'm not sure she even realizes it's happening to her, but Journey, you feel that it's not just the trees and the plant life here. It is everything on Baxi depends on this magic, depends on the Bismite. 
you get the feeling that you're stepping on something much bigger here. And it has to do with the connection between Bismite and the people around it. And you feel a sense of dependence. I think we're running out of time. I think we gotta go to the court chamber in a hurry. Let's go. I just help journey up and um, head off on a brisk pace. Mm-hmm. It's not far before you find that same door, and again, you guys pass by this branch where you either go right into this utility corridor that leads you into the court chamber or left down into the dungeons. Make a perception check. Is this related to anything Ganymede related? Oh, it is for Doran advantage. Hey. 21. Hey. Mine's not worth mentioning. It was bad. Okay. Uh, Doran, are you attuned to Ganymede right now? Yeah. Attaboy. Okay. (laughs) He's not making that mistake. (laughs) Punished you so bad. Doran hears, echoing up from the dungeons. Listen, if there's anyone out there, anyone at all, can you just please record Phenom's show tonight? I've never missed a single one. God, I love that guy. <laughs> you hear the unmistakable shtick of Oscar echoing up the hall. He is imprisoned down in the dungeons after being recently caught by the brass. <sighs> Journey, hold up. Yeah. I think I heard Oscar in the dungeons there. Oh, come on. <laughs> he might be able to help us. Uh, he does know these paths really well. Yeah, that's true. Ah, let's go get him. So we're gonna try to stealth in okay. to the dungeons. Yeah. Pass without trace isn't pass without trace. Pass without trace is an hour, right? Yeah. So we're good. He said it three times in a row. Yeah. That summoned something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I disappear. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> so yeah, if we're gonna be doing stealth checks, yeah. we each get plus ten. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys hit the bottom of those stone steps. You look left and right. You see the path continues down straight forward. And of course, there is a small chest-high desk, a single tabaxi. Okay. They're the only one that seems to be wearing like a blue policeman's uniform with the cap that you would expect to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try and sneak past by literally crouching so that I'm below the top of the desk and just whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, it is, it is a kind of straight shot that they have with not a lot of cover going there. Um, so it's uh, you're pretty much hiding in plain sight, hoping that they don't notice you. <laughs> That's the situation. Are they you're reading in. something, or are they like sitting there, like just staring off? This person is not especially committed to their job. They're leaned over what looks like a giant kind of like crosshatch shape, and they're filling in like numbers or letters into little squares. <laughs> um, seems they're paying attention to something else, at least in part. Okay. And then all of a sudden, he, you see him kind of like look up and look around, and he turns around and he goes. Shut up! Just yelling about the prisoners again. <laughs> I was going to say he's playing <coughs> Crystal Crush. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm picturing these are individually locked cells. or Yeah. Uh, so looking down this thing, so each cell is actually like a, um, a half of a tube, you know, like a half pipe, I guess, going vertically up. So they're just little, like, alcoves in the wall. Sure. You can see that the people here are held to different levels of security. Some of them have shackles on their hands and knees in addition to being in the cell. You can tell Oscar's in that exact situation. They do not want him flying anywhere. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, great. Do I see keys on the desk or behind the desk as we're approaching? Yeah. Uh, behind this person, uh, you can see up on the wall that there's like a grid of keys hanging off there. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to try to talk us through this. All right, I can back you up. Uh, do you want me to be disguised as anything, or should I just... Just look really unsurprised by anything I say. Okay. All right. So we're, I'm just going to walk up to the counter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so seven plus 17. Oh, shit. It's 24. Oh. Uh, you smell nice. Thanks. Who are you? Uh, I am an ambassador of uh, Poppy Kenmore, the uh, new best in Baxi. Uh, Ke- uh, Poppy has business with uh, one of the prisoners here. And oh, I was- wait a second. He pulls out a crystal from his pocket, and he uh, kind of, like, clicks it, and he's shining something down on the desk. And, Doran, you see yourself yeah. uh, at a distance in the gardens of Baxi. You're holding up the corpse of Mercy, this is and you're shouting. You can just barely hear it in the crystal, and you, like, throw her to Mercy, the floor, and you see, like, blood spatter off to the side. And he goes... Oh, wow. Yeah, what can I do for you? Quite a show, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, say, uh, I do need to escort one of the prisoners. Um, yeah, um, yeah, God, you work fast. You got another one? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, we got some open cells. Oh, no, I need to escort one out, actually, on orders of uh, Poppy Kenmore. Um, oh. They're needed for questioning uh, to the 10. Yeah, sure. Uh, can I just see your papers? Papers? Oh, sorry, on the mainland, we don't... What do you mean, papers? We, we yeah, just... yeah. Well, one of the brass would have given you a, a paper for extraction here, and then we can just get them right out. Who is it you needed? Oh, uh, it was... It says right here, I'm going to try to subtly cast Minor Illusion. Hmm. I know that's a sorcerer ability, but I'm going to be like, try to whisper... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do <laughs> give me a stealth check for that as well. Okay, stealth Cast check. Without Trace still applies here, yeah. Okay. Um. So I got a 30... Oh Just barely makes it, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so I'm casting Minor Illusion to create a piece of paper, and it, yeah. it's just, like, not actual words. It's scribbles because I can't discern that much, but sure. it, you can clearly read Oscar on it. Okay, yeah, so. he looks at your AI-generated script. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's cat. GP. He says, <laughs> Cat GP, that's so good. <laughs> he kind of like stops you, like waves his hands out, and he goes, Nah, nah, we don't need to get all technical. Oh, come on, come on. Uh, okay. My friend's here. All right, who'd you say it was? It was Oscar. The, that Oscar. One right over there. Oh, yeah. All right. The Grouch. All right. Let's get him. Yeah. <laughs> Probably save you some um, trouble. He's been shouting all, as we were walking down here. I heard him every time. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I super appreciate it. I yeah. was hoping I could at least hear the echoes of Phenom upstairs, but not with this guy sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, walks over to the cell, unlocks it straight away, and he goes, Hey, you got lucky. I guess you got friends in high places. And Oscar is looking at the two of you in absolute disbelief. You're still under arrest, Oscar. I'm taking you to some important business. So you sold me out. You son of a bitch. I knew you would do this. Oscar, not right now. Let's talk about this later. You do something nice for somebody, you help them get where they need to go, and this is the thanks they give you? All right, Oscar. It's time for us to go. Complain all you want on the way. I don't know. Maybe I want to stay here. I feel like these guys are going to kill me or something. Oscar, stop fucking around. We got to go. After a little bit of this back and forth, you see Oscar wise up just a little bit, and he kind of leans back and goes, huh, all right, let's get going. Yeah, let's go. The uh, witless attendant just lets you leave with him. Yeah, I, I grab Oscar's arm like I'm escorting him out, and I just kind of pull him along. Sure. He tries to go kind of like arm in arm with you at the same time. No. Oscar, come on. <laughs> what? Yeah, just being friendly. <laughs> All right, I, I know you're probably wanting a glimpse of freedom here and to go see Phenom or whatever. That's not what we're going to do, okay? You felt that shaking earlier? Yeah, thought that was you, the right? The whole fucking Skyland is going to be falling. 
We need to get down to the core again, and we need your help. Ooh, yeah. Um, you want to impress someone that you love? Yeah, well, I did that. Now I gotta go see her and kind of see how she felt about it. Would you rather see her alive or dead? Ooh, yeah, alive. Okay, please help us. <laughs> we need to stop the Skyland from crumbling down to the ground and killing all of us. Oh. If you want a shot at love with someone in a high place, I feel like this is it. And we'll vouch for you. Can you help us? Yeah, on your way out, he opens this, like, trunk by the attendant's desk and grabs a couple things out of it that were his. And then you see him grab a pouch that was not his <laughs> and pockets it. Yeah. And he goes, nice. all right, yeah, let's do this. He gets out his crystal to record, and the three of you take off. Okay. Aaron, Poppy, and Guy are all moving towards the ring light. And when you get there, you see this place is more populated than ever. There is a haze of excitement in the air. You see a swarm of tens of thousands crowding into the ring light from all over the clouds and the mainland. There's a dark, dramatic lighting everywhere and people giggle with excited energy as they brush past you. You all have to shout over each other just to hear anything under the music that's thumping as you try to find a place to sit and watch the show before the race. When you settle in, the Baxi boys are just finishing up their last song. The four of them are breathing heavily and holding a dramatic pose with their hands on each other's faces in a giant tableau of will they, won't they. They scramble off the stage as the music fades and the crowd erupts into cheering. Is there like a, like a VIP box of the top 10? Ooh, good question. There is now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, looking around the stadium here, you see, you know, kind of like paid seats that are close to the race floor. You see the main bleachers. And then, yeah, you look up towards the higher stands and there are these protruding boxes with this um, long, like cantilevered bridge. And you see others from the top 10. You see Mabel maybe up there. All right. Um, Guy, are you going to go enter the race? Yes. I'm not sure. Do I register now or after this phenom event? Looking down, you can see there are racers that are kind of getting their positions as Phenom is taking the stage. They're getting set up to initiate the race immediately after Phenom's show. So I need the cart there as well? Yes. Yep. Okay. Are you are you good if we separate now? Uh, good luck and everything. Please don't destroy her. Uh, I would never dream of it, Poppy. Your cart is in good hands. Thank you. Uh, if, it, if it does happen, I, I'll get over it. Don't think like that, Poppy. It will be fine. I'll try and save a piece of her if it does happen. <laughs> but, um, good luck. And I, I give him, like, a huge hug around one of the legs. Mm. <laughs> one of his legs. And then I pat him on the back and I say, Aaron, you good to go? Uh, yeah, I might just stick with you for a little bit, if that's okay, Poppy. Sure. I don't know if they'll let you into the box. Well, you got to throw your weight around. That's what being top ten's all about. Well, let's try anyway. And as we're going up, I'm going to pull out a bit of pinch and roll it in my hands. Yeah. And focus on creating a uh, a batch of toffee temptations. Okay. Because I feel like I can do it now on the fly. I've gotten enough experience imbuing magic in the moment. Yeah. Tonight was a show of force by Poppy. 
not only the best in backseat, but your personal best display that you'd ever come up with. And to say that you are on fire right now is an understatement. You are crushing it. Literally on fire right now. You're, you're, I mean, the magic is just falling two. out the wazoo. I just I feel really good about this one, Aaron. And I a stack of three cookies because I cast a third level major illusion, major image spell, okay. which is an illusion spell, yeah. which is what I need to cast that. And it creates a cookie per spell level. Gotcha. So okay. I have three toffee temptations. Yeah, you all see Poppy take that little ball of dough and she kind of like lays her hands flat against them. And as she pulls her hands apart, you smell fresh baked goods as if she's literally baking the cookies one by one as she pulls her hands apart from each other. And you just see three fully formed cookies as if she had baked them all over the course of a whole morning. Whoa, I'm... (laughs) I've never seen anyone. I, they smell real. They are real. It, it worked. I, I I just made them. Holy crap. That's amazing. If someone could do that in the slums back on Farewell, oh my God, you'd be, you'd be good. Wow, Poppy. See, you don't even need the cart at all. Well, uh, I mean, I suppose, but I, that is my lifeblood, so. Uh, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I should do another batch of those. How many can I make? What happens when someone splits a cookie? DM. (laughs) They get half as effective. I I would say if somebody splits a magical treat, it is less magical to the point where it does not have its full effect. Okay. Okay. Or any real effect. Okay. I'll do another one. So just two in total? Yes. Okay. So I have six cookies. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's do this. Good luck, guy. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, let me know if you spot anything. And he taps his ear where the mm-hmm. echo bell is. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Goodbye, Serbo. He's like still in the cart, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. Because um, I was kind of counting on <laughs> Yes. Serbo is still in the cart. And so he, right now, is your only crew to mm-hmm. speak of. Um, so he's, uh, he's actually kind of sitting on the back step of the wagon rises to his full height when you talk to him and he just kind of transformers into a tall standing humanoid and steps down and he says, I am ready. Let's do this. Guy, you head down to the racetrack while the rest of them move up into the stands to go to that box and uh, as you're all moving, the stage begins to dim and it's harder for you to all find your way. This stadium that seemed so cavernous yesterday afternoon when it was still under construction is now humming with life. The stands are full of folks from all over the clouds and you hear the roar of 20,000 conversations slide into a hush as the lights begin to dim. And in the center of the stage, you see Phenom alone. He begins a quiet lyrical melody And all around him, you can see floating illusions, clouds, and thousands of glowing violet lights floating among those clouds. And as his song builds, you notice the lights changing color at random. The lights turn blue and then green, gold and then a rosy pink. And you see a swarm of illusionary bright bulbs drift into the scene, creating a dazzling hypnotic constellation. And as the song swells, the lights begin to rapidly go out. Those dull, rosy lights in the space of an instant blacken. Except for one. And the music quiets. 
As Phenom stands before the light in a verse, he reaches out a hand. And when he touches that last pink orb floating in the air, another hand reaches out from the orb. And Phenom pulls them out of the light, and it's a, a dazzling pink specter with a silhouette that looks just like Phenom. You can tell this is one of a million illusions that he's upholding at the same time. And they begin to dance together, and there's a melodic burst that conjures a hundred more pairs of these dancers on the stage. And in the chorus, he says, don't be afraid. Don't waste the day. Don't wait until everything's okay. Let's go swimming in the winter. Let's eat our cupcakes before dinner. And we know it ends too soon. So take my hand. I'll fly with you. The ring light explodes into vibrant light as the track illuminates. Poppy, looking down from that box, you see the ring light in full glory, all kind of um, angled up to shine onto the center stage, and you see Phenom in his full performance mode. And you had seen this before, but it is just breathtaking. The amount of illusions he can uphold. Being a wizard, you know what that takes. And looking over Phenom, it hits you. He might be the most powerful wizard you've ever seen. You see Mabel standing next to you and she goes, oh, hello again. You here to set more records? Oh gosh, no, probably not. Um, I, I did want to talk to some of you if, if you're all here. Yeah, some of us are around. You, uh, you want a little shrimp? She uh, reaches over and grabs like a shrimp on a toothpick off of a silver platter. <laughs> oh, um, sure, thank you. Uh, who all is here? Um, so up here you see some of those uh, lesser mentioned Best and Baxi. Um, not that you had met any of these people, but you do see Patterson Panderson here. Uh, he's the best chef in Baxi. Different category altogether by their standards. You see Lyra Listing, Theo Hoff, and that's it. Only four of them up here. Uh, there is Oliver Grun, but he is asleep in the corner. <laughs> uh, well, it's um, it's very nice to meet you all. I, I think I'm probably the newest member of the ten. Uh, Patterson Panderson, uh, probably the biggest thighs you've ever seen on a tabaxi, <laughs> uh, strides over to you and he says, Oh, it's so nice to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I'm Poppy Kenmore. Poppy, I heard you did fantastic things in the garden. Oh, thank you. Um, I I brought samples of, of my latest bake, if anyone is interested. I was going to ask just that. I'm too excited. <laughs> um, Aaron is just standing behind Poppy like a bodyguard. <laughs> Oh, this is, um, this is Aaron. They're my best friend. Um, Aaron just has their arms, <laughs> arms crossed and is just shaking their head no <laughs> behind Poppy. <laughs> oh, it's good for everyone to have protection. Yes. Yes. Uh, they take great care of me. Um, help, help yourself or one each, though, because I didn't make very many. And I, I wanted them to be very special for, for well, the top best everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, Patterson, Lyra, and Theo all take them. Um, um, Mabel, you can have one if you'd like. Oh, mm, thanks. I'm, uh, I've actually got to get going. I've just got to introduce a couple things here and I'm off. Oh, uh, you don't want to stay? Oh, no, it's, um, 
This gets old after a while. I'm not too worried about losing out. Well, um, uh, where do you have to go? I think I'm just going to call it a day. These races, it's too nerve-wracking. Well, where we're from, it's bad luck to turn down a cookie, so... I wouldn't miss out, and Erin nods down at the cookie stack she's holding out. I was in the gardens. I'll take a cookie. Uh, is he gonna... Does he just nap? Don't wake him up. Okay. <laughs> Look at me. Don't wake him up. <laughs> I, I won't. I, I'll try not to. Thanks. Um, but yeah, have have a cookie. Hello. Wow. Did you feel that rumbling earlier? It was crazy. Mabel looks away. I don't. Uh, it's really scary. Something like this happened at the island I I was last at. Oh, don't worry. It's probably just um construction noise. I'm sure. Oh, it, it seems awfully like uh what happened on Lore. Oh, I heard about Lore. Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone probably did. I was there. It was really scary. We got away just in time. Mm. The entire island fell. Everybody goes silent and looks up at Aaron. We just barely got out, and the same thing is happening here in Baxi. Has everyone eaten their cookie yet? <laughs> <laughs> They're all like kind of holding out their mouth, and Patterson's like, well, I, I, I hope not. <laughs> oh, uh, you can hope all you want. It's happening. Did you did you try it yet? It's really good. They're um they're called Toffee Temptations. They're just really hard to resist. I, uh, of course, yeah. And they all just kind of shove it in their face. <laughs> uh, what is the save on those? Um, that is a wisdom save okay. with disadvantage is that? against my DC. Is that just what I wrote on there? Yep. It's fuck me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every time one of these new recipes comes out, I'm like, Tim, what are you doing? <laughs> He's so like happy and nice when he writes it. Yeah. And then like, when it this actually, is so cool. Like, comes out to haunt me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then when you're actually playing, you're like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Double with... advantage against top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Members. Exactly. So here's Mabel. That's actually pretty comically perfect. Uh, so Mabel got a uh, 18 total. After the disadvantage? Yes, she rolled Holy two shit. of the same number. Fucking, and my DC is 14. Okay, so she passed. And then we go to Patterson Panderson. Natural one. <laughs> Hell yes! <laughs> Classic himbo. <laughs> uh, Lyra Lestang is coming in at a 12. That's my girl. A 12 for Theo as well. Oh, yes! So that's a three fails. Three out of four success. Yep. Um, so Mabel finishes her cookie and she goes, "Well, thanks. It was great. Thank you. I I just really have been trying to perfect that recipe. It's it's kind of caramely, right? Yeah. No. It was it was really perfect. Good. Thank you. Oh, well. Well, it's um, great meeting you. It's great meeting you too. Uh, leave the island. <laughs> I Let's call after her. <laughs> Wait, Mabel, before you go, what Poppy's trying to say is we need your help to get everyone off the island if they can, through any means, now, as soon as possible. Please just listen and believe me. I'm telling the truth, and that'll be my favorite ask. Okay, cool, cool. There were people on Lore that didn't make it, and Lore wasn't nearly as populated as this Skyland. What reason would we have to ask everyone to leave? If everyone comes back tomorrow and nothing happened, fine. There's first-hand accounts of lore. 
of what happened. You've heard it before now. And it's happening here, too. I watched someone drain the bismite of its power. And the island started shaking and the bright bulbs came in in swarms. And, and it's the same thing that's happening here. And, and there are so many people here and we just really need to make sure everyone stays safe. And the island might still fall and I really don't want that to happen. And we're trying to figure it out. But, but we need to make sure people get off the island. You see... Patterson Panderson has taken his hat off in the middle of your speech and is now kind of wringing it in his hands looking at the others. Patterson says, How much time do we have? I, I, I can't really say. We're trying to figure that out right now. Um, Probably less than six hours, I would guess. It's going to fall tonight. I'm fairly certain of it just from previous experience. And, and we just want to save lives. And you all have the most influence here. If we can even save a few people, that's better than nothing, right? Can I have used my persuasion, but specifically on Mabel? I was trying to help with just being persuasive. Uh, Yeah, you can try to persuade Mabel specifically. Okay. Mabel, so many people look up to you here. You could save lives. You could save Oscar's life. 26. <laughs> wow! Aaron has very good persuasion. <laughs> Mabel is walking away and stops with her back to you. And she turns around and looks at you, Aaron, and you can tell that her eyes are watering already. She says, I can't. I, I can't leave. I can't help you. I have to stay here. You're going to fall with the island if you stay. I know. Is it your choice? This was the only way we could do it. What do you mean? Guy. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You're down at the racetrack. Uh, You can't hear a damn thing. Um, There are people that notice the rolling pin and Servo and you, and they start to kind of push you towards the lineup for the racetrack in between all of these stalls. And you see a bunch of other racers down there. As guys approaching that area, mm-hmm. he's he's doing two things. He's keeping an eye out for Ballerin and Steed as well. Mm-hmm. He's also uh, just inhaling deeply, taking in the the smells because last time he was down here, it kind of reminded him of something about his horseback days. You know. Yeah. Uh, That triggers right away, because sure enough, there are horses stabled down here. You actually don't see any in the lineup that are going to race tonight, but you do smell their presence as they're kind of abundant here. And that means that one of your Ganymede abilities triggers. Um, As long as you're here, you have a plus four to your grapple checks, and you grapple as if you were one size category larger. Okay. Different kind of beast handling. As you're walking down to the lineup with the cart right behind you, you see the other racers lining up in the stalls here, and you see Tomothy Matterfax among the racers. You hear a roar of engines and some bellowing animals, and you can barely hear the Ringlight staff that are speaking to you. They've got you by the shoulder, and they're kind of pointing you where you need to go, and you hear them shouting, and they say, when you hear the horns, you need a... Something about horns? Right, and in the event that you do crash, you're going to need to go... Uh, just don't crash, got it. They shrug and kind of nod and point you to the <laughs> stall that you're supposed to be in. Super professional. 
<laughs> Guy, you roll into your stall in position and seated directly next to you is Tomothy Matterfax. You see an interviewer walk up with a crystal and start talking to Tomothy. He says, uh, Tomothy Matterfax, pleasure as always. Please tell us about your new wheels this month. Tomothy says, thanks, pleasure's mine. Yeah, uh, this baby just got finished up this morning, and I'm here to take her on her maiden voyage. The concept is simple. What's better than one motorcycle? Two motorcycles. <laughs> so that's exactly what we built. Uh, these two motorcycles sit up front, and I ride in the wagon back here, kind of like a chariot. Oh, my God. It's got two spark engines in the front that pull me along. We call it the bi-sparkle. <laughs> And uh, they continue down to you, Guy, driving the rolling pin. And they say, And I believe it's Guy, is that right? Newcomer to the Skylands. What can you tell us about the rolling pin? Uh, yes, I am Guy. Thank you for having me. Uh, the rolling pin is a uh, movable kitchen that bakes goods. And... Guy, at that moment, you realize you're on this gigantic projected canvas in the middle of center stage. Your face is 40 feet wide. And, oh my god, and it races? And you're from the mainland, is that right? Yes, the mainland. I'm very unaccustomed to your ways here on this island, but I intend to win the race with speed and going fast. <laughs> That's a good strategy. Well, good luck to you, and we're going to continue on with our interviews here. Uh, what did you say your name was again? Kesher? And uh, he continues down the line. You see, um, Tomothy Matterfax has his double motorcycle bi-sparkle device. Kesher has a glider that you saw on the Heavenly Feather with a jet engine attached to it, oh, and no. that's what she's going to try here. Seems safe. Totally safe. Seems good. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Really easy to control. Oh, no. you have a helmet or anything? <laughs> yeah, she's got a helmet. Okay. Some uh, wrist pads. Goggles. <laughs> right next to them is Demi from Demi's, the breakfast spot. And Demi is a floating skull. Not actually allowed to just float by themselves. Uh, Demi is driving what they call the Doom Train. It is a giant trackless train engine that takes up about half the track and is by tenfold the largest vessel here. <laughs> kind of hidden behind that train, you see DeWalter and Makita. They had slapped together an invention of their own. is essentially a bismite razor scooter that they are sharing. <laughs> With uh, short Makita in the front driving and tall DeWalter in the back hanging onto their shoulders. And last in the line, you see Brody Tatum. Oh, yes. Brody has harnessed the power of bright bulbs. He's cast a net over some 10, 15 bright bulbs and is using them like a flying hot air balloon. Aww. Wait, is this the like himbo from the Bake Off? Yes. yes. Oh, hell yes. Bro Tatum. <laughs> I love him. He's a bro <laughs> And then you all hear. And guy, you look up to see Steed, otherwise known as <clears throat> Star Crunch flying into this arena with a huge armored figure on their back. You look at all those canvases around the ring light and they're showing old clips of Balloran racing coming in at first place every single time, every single race. In the last year, Balloran flies in at number one and it just shows him in the same armor on the same steed every single time. 
he circles around this place and you see people standing in a giant wave as he passes by their seats in the ring light. He does two passes around the whole circle and lands two spaces down from you. You see the interviewer sprint up to them, cutting off their interview with Demi, running up to Ballerin and saying, Mr. Ballerin, you've been quite the character lately. Care to comment on the allegations? Is it true that you're a crime boss? Are you the (laughs) kingpin? You see a silent stadium and and cameras focused on Ballerin and he doesn't say anything. Ooh, no comment. That's fair, no spoilers, I get it. Okay, okay. How about the race tonight? Any of these new challengers got you excited? No? Well, I I understand you're a man of great focus. Uh, Best of luck, Mr. B. Not that you need it. And he begins to back away. A guy tries to get the attention of Tomothy next to him. Mr. Tomothy, Tomothy, it's me, the guy. He pulls up some extremely expensive looking goggles and he says, uh, yeah, what do you need? Uh, they said you race every month, is that right? Yeah, yeah, usually come in top three. Has anyone ever beat that one, Balorin? Oh, no, that, uh, that horse dragon thing is impossible. Impossible? Yeah, it's, I, I don't know what it is, but you can't beat it, nobody can. Hmm, unfortunate. Sorry, kind of is what it is. Just accept that, you know, two and three is the place to be. Well, I do appreciate a good rhyme, but I do intend to come out on top this time. All right, well, don't say I didn't warn you. I will not say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are back in the heart of this island. You guys are standing staring at this spinning pipe that's just rotating again and again. Nobody has fixed it since you've been in there last time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the broken pipe that you all used to get down into the ash trap in the first place is still spinning in place. And Oscar, before we go any further, um, I feel the need to remind you that we are, in fact, flammable as far as we know. I did make a note of that last time on the account of you almost dying. Hey, yeah, on that note, do you have anything that you can give me to make me less flammable? <laughs> I do, actually. Oh? He reaches into that pouch that he grabbed, and you see a bunch of stolen goods. Yeah, great. In yeah. addition, he pulls out a little badge. There's a brass badge with two filled-in pipes, two out of three pipes. He hands you that badge, and he says... Yeah, the brass, they use this all the time so they can get around in the ash traps without getting burned. This should help you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thanks, Oscar. That's super helpful. Yeah, yeah. Cool, okay. Uh, yeah, I put the badge on. You look back and Oscar has already jumped down the pipe. Okay, well. Uh, yep, let's go. <laughs> all right, yeah, I follow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, knowing that you've all been through this before, that part of it's not too difficult. You know how to time it out. You know, crawling on your belly through the next chamber, also not that difficult. You get to the next one where there is a 30-foot... Sorry, a 35-foot upward leap to get to this platform. There's a broken ladder you could try to take that you guys opted not to use last time. Oscar floats right up and he says, Oh, come on. We got to set up a rope again. I can try with my vine. Um, As a free action, I may command the vine to move quickly of its own volition and attach to an object or surface with clinging roots and sticking pads. Hell yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I take out the vine and I look at it. And I haven't used this yet, but I'm willing to try it. And I uh, 
kind of concentrate and hold on to it to try and make it grow? Yeah, you don't even need to concentrate. It's like this thing is so eager to do as you will okay. that you're just thinking of what it ought to do and it does it. <laughs> Dorn, this thing is so cool. You should remind me to thank Bobco when I see him again. Um, and uh, I kind of like wind up and uh, swirl it like a lasso, but just a loose end. Yeah. And then toss it up toward the the platform, hoping that it'll miraculously catch on its own. Yeah, uh, you throw it yeah, kind of up at the platform, up at the wall. It just kind of slaps against the wall <laughs> and like it loses a couple inches and then you see it just throw out all these tiny little sucker pods and they slap to the wall. And this thing, you don't even have to wrap it around anything. It is tight enough to hold your weight just by attaching itself like that. It's a sticky hand. <laughs> uh, all right, are you ready? Okay. The vine gives you a little come hither gesture. <laughs> <laughs> I frown at it, but then I climb. <laughs> uh, into the next room, uh, the ash trap is clear enough that you guys can walk straight into that big complex blower chamber. And from there, you can see straight into the core chamber. I, I think maybe I should go first and try and reach out. I Last time I was here, I, I know I was burning up, but I felt like I was getting somewhere. So maybe if I just try and not get too close. You take the lead journey, I'll back you up. Journey steps into the room and stays at the edge of it and calls out. Sesk, please, I'm so sorry to bother. I need your help. The Skyland needs your help. I'm sure you can feel it. staring into this core chamber, hesitant to really go in there yet. You see a blurry wave of heat roll over you as you step through and your lungs fill with hot, smoky air. And you see that faded heart of Baxi, hazy in the distance through the smog. You see a calm river of magma flowing around it all that begins to slow and darken and harden. And you see it shake to life as it hardens into the form of Sesk, curling around the faded bismite as if they were his own eggs. You can see Sesk address you in that moment, and you know immediately, Sesk is not malevolent. He is terrified. He says, You return. I want to help you. Why? The beings doing this to the Skylands, to the Bismite. They're doing wrong, deep wrong. I want to save this place and every being on it. It ain't right. You mortals, you will bring me to ruin as she has. Who's she? Sesk slithers anxiously between all of the bismite and gets closer to you by a good deal. She comes in the moment I allow myself to rest. And so often I awake to this slow tragedy of my bismite dying before my eyes. And in the times that I catch her, she eludes my every strike with luck beyond measure. You, 
You bond with the child of Melis. Why? Do you mean, do you mean Doran? Doran, you hear your name and you're standing in that threshold. Uh... Oscar's pointing at himself and then pointing at you. <laughs> I shrug. He points at you again. Probably you. <laughs> okay, um... I'm not sure what you mean, great beast. Uh, we believe the Skyland is going to fall soon. That's why we're here, and I don't think we know how to help, but we want to. What can we do to stop this? There is no stopping. There is no slowing. There is no leaving. Well, I, I can't accept that. I know you have access to magics that are beyond me and knowledge that's far beyond me, but we can't let everybody here die. There has to be something we can do. Anything. This one stealing the bismite, do they take it with them or do they... They drain it. They drain it. He, uh slithers around a few more crystals and gestures to this purely silvered out chunk, you know, the size of a bus, and he just taps it lightly with his face and it begins to crumble. Melis has sent you. Sure. Maybe. The great badger. The traitor. Journey, I don't know what's happening. Uh, he's saying you're connected to a great beast. I thought you hated the great beast. <laughs> It's complicated. In his eyes, I see it plain. The blue flame of the traitor. Traitor. Beneath the metropolis of Dawn's Edge. Who is this child to you? Who is he to the king of Dawn's Edge? I, I don't know anything about that. He, he's my friend. He's trying to save this place just like I am. And I don't know, I don't know what else is going on. It doesn't matter right now. We are starving. All of us. What if we could replace the magic? What if we could get everyone to give back? Unlikely. We could try. Okay. Make a persuasion check. Can we say I'm helping or not? Let's do that. I think you are not helping. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, technically speaking. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it may be a cause for alert just based on what he sees in you. Um, but you are you are trying to make the case, Doran. That counts as helping. Okay, okay, okay. Seventeen. How? Understand me. How can I trust you now with what I have seen, with what has become of my home? I cannot find hope. I've already given of, of myself to try and reverse this harm when it was done to someone else. It was a small thing, but I, you have to see in me that this is something I'm willing to do. That maybe I, I can get others to help as well. And I, I guess, open my heart to this creature and share that understanding that I had in the moment that I um, brought back Harley. 
mm-hmm. with the fey bud yeah. and that willingness to undo the damage that is being done by this process, by these beings. Doran, you see the fey buds begin to drift out from Journey's hair again. Oscar goes, ooh, pretty, what's that? <laughs> and you see Sask begin to almost imperceptibly slide towards Journey. And in a matter of seconds, he is practically face to face and lowering himself. And you get the true scale of this, you know, the height of Sask's head alone matches Journey's standing height. And Journey, you can reach out and touch his face at this point. You can see in his eyes that he has given up. Do as you wish. You have to be able to fight. You can't do it alone. I can find a way. Will you help us? At that, you see him lay his head on the ground. You don't know if he's dying or dejected, but you can see that he has considered this the nail in the coffin. He's got nothing left for this. I... I reach out and I place my hand on his head and knowing that what I can do is so small compared to what he is, I cast Cure Wounds. That's really cool. Regardless of the numerical outcome of this, he sees how little you have to give and how willing you are to give it. He opens his eyes again, staring at you with his big black eyes. You can tell he's looking straight at you, Journey. And then he just gives a slow nod of his head. But then you see him suddenly jolt upwards. And Doran, you hear the worst thing that you could hear right now. A single clacking hoof, followed by another and another. I immediately tense up. Oscar, Journey. Who is that? The last person we want to see down here. Oscar has turned around. He's pointing. And you turn to see Balorin Breeze. His handsome face and light blonde tabaxi hair begin to shimmer as a cloud of sulfurous smoke drifts by the magma, and when it passes, you're looking at a fawn. A fey creature, easily eight feet tall, with massive hooved feet, with enormous curled horns, arcing from his head like a ram, glistening like obsidian in the light of the magma and he's striding towards you. Listen here. I've got no problem with you. You gotta do the smart thing right now, you hear me? Stand clear. And Doran, he's not talking to you. He's talking to Journey. Back in the ring light. <laughs> Everyone That's had odd. just agreed to help you. Mabel is crying and desperate, and she just confessed to something, something big. She said, this is the only way we could do it. 
What do you mean? The only way you can do what? I, I made a deal with Mr. B. Ballerin, he... He's been number one for a long time, see, and he's got a lot of sway, and I just wanted to be free with Oscar. That's all I ever wanted. And he said he could give that to me, but I needed to help him. Well, what, what do you mean, free? See, we, we both just wanted to get out of here and have our own life together, you know? Out in the clouds, doing whatever we wanted, but we were trapped here. And we were both growing up poor, and then I got real lucky, see? And things kind of worked out for me but not for Oscar. I wanted to bring him with me. Lyrian said he'd help, but I... I had to go into the core and... just every now and then. And do do what? Just say hi to the snake, right? No, the snake couldn't touch me. I'm too lucky for that. I would... I would just kind of drink, you know, from the bismite down there. Take some of the power, just a little bit, you know, just a little bit every day, just for a year or two. You, you doomed everyone on this island. But here's the crazy thing: the more I did it, the luckier I got. You doomed everyone on this island. I didn't know that, though. Nobody told me that. That's not fair, right? Didn't you notice the bismite losing power? Well, it's changing colors. I didn't. What choice did I have? It was Oscar. You work with Oscar and figure it out together. You don't... You don't sacrifice an entire civilization for your own personal gain. You don't do that. That's just not okay. She breaks down a little bit. Can we tell if she's telling the truth? You can make an insight check, yeah. The thing that I'm questioning is, did she know what she was doing? You know, like draining the island? Yeah, go ahead. I always roll bad on insight. <laughs> um, seven. Okay. Uh, you did actually beat her. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, she's pretty raw right now. There's okay. not a lot of deception here. Okay. I think she's telling the truth. She didn't know what she was doing. What did Balloran want from you? Just for you to go down there and drink in power? And that's it? Yeah, that's all he said. I don't know what he was thinking, but he just wanted me to go down there. And he he didn't take it from you then? He didn't want the power you got? You see her kind of looking at the ground. She says, no, but he did, he did want me to go meet him just now. That's where I was going. He's in the court chamber. He wanted me to go with him. Get on the bell. Um, okay. Warn uh, them about all of this. I... Uh, uh, Aaron holds up the echo bell right in front of their face. It never has used one before. And it just is like, hello? I just, okay, maybe you didn't know, but this is really not good. And, and, and you have to help us reverse it, okay? Like, do some good. Okay. Yeah, I can do some good. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I need you to convince as many people as you can to leave. Leave where? Leave the island, the Skyland. Yeah, yeah, where and how? Have you seen all the ships? Everyone's here right now. People travel from all over. Yeah, okay, the ships. All right, we can do that. Yeah, sure. Any any possible way of escaping. Everybody has to help each other. Yeah, all right. I'll, um, I know what to do. There's, uh, there's like an announcement system. You see those guys up there? She points to two announcers that are casting the race events. Um, it's not too far from you guys, but that's where she wants to get to kind of make this announcement. 
wait, wait, wait. Let's let's uh, let's record something right here, so so you can get the words out and everyone can hear it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. How do I use this? <laughs> she like clicks it for you and gives it back to you. Okay. Go. Hi, everybody. Um, Mabel may be here, and uh, well, I'll get right to it. It's bad, everybody, and I'm sorry, but we got to get out of here. And you gotta believe me, see? Baxi's. Baxi's not doing good. Baxi's going down. So. So everybody get out to the docks, out to the hangar. Everybody who's got a ship, you gotta be real generous, cause this is. this is it for a lot of folks. You hear me? Everybody's gotta get out of here and. And Oscar, memory wherever full. you are. It says memory full. <laughs> <laughs> she looks down and she goes. Okay, that's... Sorry, we only bought a 12-second facility. <laughs> we didn't... <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, do we just bring it to them and they... She grabs it out of your hand and starts sprinting for that other booth. Okay. Down at the track. Guy surveys the field again and he, he puts his hand up to his uh, helm of telepathy. Yeah. And, well, thanks, Steed. Steed, can you hear me? It's me, Guy. Check. Check one, two. This is Steed coming in. General, can you hear me? Loud and clear, Steed. If you didn't notice, I will be participating in this race here with you. I couldn't be happier. I'm here to do everything I can to aid and abet. That is good to hear. Everyone says Balrin is quite the racer, but for some reason... No one seems to be giving you the credit. Somebody notices it finally. But listen, this ain't Balorin. What? What's that now? This ain't Balorin on me. This is some other guy. That's, uh... It looks like what I know of him. Yeah, I know. They dressed him up to look all like him, but he's not. Balorin's somewhere else doing something nasty, probably. People keep doing that, looking like other people. I don't like it. I promise the next island's going to be a lot less illusions anyway. <laughs> I, I can't leave the situation I'm in. It's not as simple as just going home with you. He's got a friend of mine under his thumb. Mm, I understand. I wouldn't want to do anything to put you in a compromised position, Steed. I understand. We just... If you can beat him, great. Or if we can get out of here and outpace him and get to my friend, that could work too. But but if I just leave him and we leave him alone, he's going to do something. And I don't know if I'll see her again. Very well. I will do what I can for your friend. And I think we will get out of this together. It's good to hear from you again. You too, Steve. And, uh... Guy uh, enters the cart for mm-hmm. a moment. Mm-hmm. Serbo. Captain. Uh, now would be a great time to tell me that you're actually an expert, accomplished racer back on the mainland. I can drive a rickshaw. <laughs> That's not bad. This isn't far off. <laughs> well spotted. Anyway, I'll need your help to make sure the engine is running hot, but not overheating. Indeed. Can do. Addy, soldier. Well, no, not at ease. We're starting. <laughs> Everyone in there can see the canvases light up with a giant three. And Guy, you hear all around you. 
everything is igniting. You hear seven spark engines just click on all at once. Is this a good time to ask how to drive the... Uh... <laughs> it's a great time to <laughs> the ask. Cart? Great time to ask yeah. how to drive the car. Uh -huh. <laughs> you can go ahead and check your messages. I just oh, gave you the oh, instructions for this. Yeah, These aren't like secret, right? No. Okay. Not secret. So here's how this race is going to work. There's going to be three rounds of rolling. And in each round, you're going to roll for your steering and for your speed. If your steering is too low, you have a chance of crashing. If someone attacks your cart, it can also destabilize you, which gives you disadvantage on your steering. You can also attack other carts to give them disadvantage on their steering. You've got a couple abilities with your pilot actions. You can speed up, you can drive more defensively, and you've got a couple special tricks up your sleeve. Looking up at that canvas, you see a giant red three, a giant yellow two, and then a giant green one. And you hear the loudest blast of brass instruments you've ever heard in your life. And you hear the roar of engines all around you. What do you do? Well, I start the engine. Out of the gate, Guy does not know what to expect. Okay. Um, I'm going to do the defensive driving action okay. to start the first lap. Great. Uh, and I do my rolls now? Yep. Great. Steering roll. 29. Yep, no penalties there. Give me your speed roll. Eight. All right. So whoever has the highest speed at the end of the next three rounds is going to be the winner of this race. Oh, three rounds, yes. <laughs> you take off in a sort of defensive position, and then everybody takes off around you. <laughs> I'm just going to roll really quickly for the rest of everybody's stuff here. Yeah, how many guys we got? There are six other racers. Uh, Ballerin, quote-unquote, Tomothy Matterfax, Kesher, Demi, DeWalter, Makita on a single scooter, and Rotatum. What about Darlene Filth and her roller skates? Oh, she is there. She joined late. She actually um, sprained her ankle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she falls down. Actually, yeah, we don't need another racer. She sprained her ankle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Someone beat her legs with a crowbar. <laughs> Jesus oh! Christ. Guy, you take off steady. You start the race strong, not reckless, and you see Tomothy Matterfax fly out ahead of you quite a bit faster than you, and you see Ballerin Breeze just blasting ahead of you, kind of literally leaving you in a wake of dust, and he's quickly turning into a small dot far ahead of you. But still behind you are Kesher, Demi, and DeWalter Makita. Hmm. Not having moved at all is Bro Tatum. <laughs> Who cannot seem to convince this cloud of uh, bright bulbs to move in the direction he wants, he takes up vertically immediately after the race starts and just starts floating upwards. And he goes, Aw, oh, dang! This is where things start to get real. You see Balloran Breeze up on his mount, or somebody up on Steed, um, look back at you and they throw a object your way. Something glints as it flies back towards your wagon. You hear the unmistakable sound of steel hitting your vessel. Blue shell. Ooh. Yeah, well, I'm not in first place, so it won't affect me. <laughs> uh, what, yeah, what's, like, the cart DC or AC, I mean? 
Um, so I've got internal stats for cart AC when you're being attacked here. They do have disadvantage because of my defensive driving techniques. Oh, thanks for that. Ha, Thomas. Ha, ha. All right. Uh, instead of landing into your cart, uh, you see a essentially a shard of steel, what looks like the blade of a sword with no hilt, just go flying by your vessel, and you see it plink off of the track, showing a, a brief shower of sparks and kind of clattering off to the side. Hmm. Did he just throw a knife at you? That's not fair. Tomothy is not screwing with you from where he is, but he does kind of like turn his head in his fancy expensive goggles and kind of narrows his eyes at you. Um, you see Kesher struggling to catch up with you. You see Demi took a long time to get that train rolling, but once they did, they are catching up to you. Dewalter and Mikita are on a scooter, about as much as could be expected. <laughs> <laughs> They're there to have fun. Guy's gonna get on his Echo Bell? Yeah. Uh, Poppy, are you there, Poppy? Oh, yes, what's up? Well, the race has begun and I, I haven't crashed yet. That's great. Wait, hold on. No, I haven't crashed yet. Oh, great, keep it up. Uh. Listen, I have reason to believe that the Balloran I am racing against may not be the real Balloran. What? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, this probably means something. Maybe the others should watch out for him. Well, good good idea. I'll, I'll check in with them. All right, I'll keep not crashing. Do you need help out there? Sure. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Okay. I think we took care of it in here. All right. Guy, what do you want to do for this round? In addition to your pilot and crew actions, what did you want to do? Did you want to attack another cart? I forgot there's crew actions. Not a bad start, Serbo. Why don't you stoke that engine and speed us up a bit? Stoking, stoking, stoking. You see him reach into the engine. He's literally like pumping this fan that Dwalter and Makita had installed to accelerate the decay of the bismite. Uh, it looks like a, one of those circular blacksmith blower fans, if you've ever seen one of those. But he is using his whole body to press this giant bellows to keep that fan rolling. And you feel the cart start to speed up just a little bit. All right, so is this a speed boost on my next round? Correct, okay. yep. And then you have another pilot action here. Can I do something from the stands? Yeah. Can I cast slow on Tomothy? Mm, what's the range on slow? 120 feet. Jesus Christ. I think that could reach, yeah. I will do that. Okay. I thought Poppy was going to say, can I do something from the stands? And then she's like, I'm going to start the wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, as a bonus action, <laughs> just start the wave. <laughs> I don't even know if this will work, but I just want to try. Wisdom save. Okay. Is against Tomothy? Yes. Oh, I thought it was a natural one. It's a seven. Um, then his speed is halved and takes a negative two penalty to AC and dex saving throws. All right. And can't use reactions. Cool. Uh, out the window, guy, as you're driving, you're kind of like, you know, watching the front window of this thing, watching everything fly past you. And all of a sudden you see Tomothy just slow motion. Like literally slow motion. There's this ripple around him as if time is is slowing down and you see him just rapidly drop pace and fall back. And as he does, he is slow motion looking over at you and his hair is waving in slow motion in the wind. And then you just see his mouth moving again in slow motion going, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) As you, from his perspective, are going double speed, just (laughs) right past him. Uh, Over the bell I'll go, you're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> nice job, and then start puppy. The wave. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we do the wave around the table, yep. Tim? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, oh, so stupid. 
stupid. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fuck Timothy. <laughs> Revenge. Guy sees this happen. And he pumps his fist a little bit. <laughs> then he takes a look out of the back of the cart to see the people uh, trailing him. Yeah. There are good ways behind you, actually. It's uh, Balloran by a good lead. You, a little farther back, and then everyone else, you know, much closer to the starting line. All right. Well, let's make sure this is down to just me and Balloran. And Guy's going to get in one of the cupboards and pull out a bag of flour. Okay. Uh, and he'll cut just a tiny little slit on it and then okay. throw it down on the track to create a cloud of dust. Oh, my God. Them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Give me your uh, pilot and crew actions for the next round. We play dirty. All right. Sir Bo, we're going to give it all it's got to catch up to Ballard. Wait. You see his arm reach out, and there's like a little handle coming down from the ceiling. He grabs the handle and he goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first. Activate the death cage. <laughs> Are you certain? Uh, I don't know. He goes over to a little button protected by a clear glass shield. He lifts it up, holds his finger over the button. He says, Are you certain? We've got to catch up to Balloran. He reaches down to the button. He begins rotating it, twisting it off, reveals an even tinier button underneath, and he says, Are you absolutely sure? Whatever it takes, sir. He presses the button. <laughs> and you feel the effect of the death cage. Immediately, parts of the wagon begin falling off. Oh. The wagon takes one damage immediately as it loses some ancillary pieces. You know, probably didn't need those anyway. But you also get a plus six to your next speed roll. Okay. Uh, in addition, if anybody was near you, you would have damaged them on your way through, but there's nobody to crash into. Wonderful. All right, and you are stoking for this as well, so you're actually going to add plus seven to your speed roll this round. Okay. And let's roll it out. Uh, the steering roll is 21. Okay, yep, perfect steering. No okay. issues there. 17. All right. What die are you rolling for speed? 10. Ten. Okay. All right. Uh, you see the other racers bear down. <sighs> All right. Valorant Breeze rolled Ooh. a natural one. Ooh. Oh, yes. Bitch. It's the flower. <laughs> no, he was ahead. Yeah. <sighs> Didn't plan for that. All right. Let me roll out the rest of them. Uh, the rolls after that were six, eight, and natural one again wow. for the remaining races. That's your like third one today. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, let's get them out now before you guys fight Lyrian. Tim rolls a lot of ones for NPCs. Yeah, I I'm do. not <laughs> complaining. I was thinking we were just gonna talk it out with Lyrian. Yeah. Yeah. It was Can definitely we? just gonna be a combo. You know what? This Balor and Breeze fella on Steed is watching you more than they're watching the track and you're fast approaching from behind. Now with this death cage, this burst of speed that you got, Balorin looks down at you as you're neck and neck and begin to overtake him. And kind of in response, he bears down on Steed and starts like hitting him, digging his spurs, and you see blood spatter coming out of Steed as this thing is just beating on him to try to get him to go faster. And you see Steed just tank it. He flies into the ground and just smashes himself against the track. Steed biscuit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. And guy with a natural one on his steering, he crashes. This armored figure just goes sprawling out across the floor. 
on this track, this illuminated track. And the other racers are so far behind you, they're literally out of mind. You can see that Tomothy lost his shit among a cloud of flour <laughs> and just spun out and destroyed one of his bi sparkles. Now he's trying to get onto the other one to ride it by itself. Slowly. No, it's just a unisparkle. <laughs> yeah. Who wants that? No. <laughs> but here's the other thing, guy. When Balaran stands up, he's missing a head. You slow down enough in the cart to look down, and you see a sallow, sunken face of a friend. A knight under your command. The last time you saw him, it was winter. The two of you were walking down a gravel path in a pine forest at the edge of a frozen river. Danathan looks up at you and he says, It's more peaceful out here in the winter. Less of those wild dogs. Less brigands. Maybe that's your doing. You've done a lot for this country, General. Not that you need my validation. It's hard to do the things you do. Not everyone understands it, but I do. There's a howling breeze between you and he's staring out at the river. And there's just the smallest noise of metal between the two of you. He says, I know why you've brought me out here. He looks down at your sword. But you can trust me, General. You have my loyalty. There is no need for this procedure. I am to serve you until my death. But regardless, Guy, wordlessly, you draw a great blade of lotum, similar to the one you own now, but this one is carved with spiraling runes and a silvery flowing metal inlay. Danathan sighs and looks at the frozen ground and turns away from you to look over the icy river. I am glad you understand the weight of what burdens us all, my friend. But soon, you will not have to. And a crisp, ringing whoosh pierces the air as you decapitate one of your best men. Danathan was not the first, not the last, but you did what had to be done to secure the loyalty of your knights, to secure Lodum. And Guy, you've hardly realized what's happening here now in the real world. It's that Tomothy passed you up on his one little motorcycle going about half speed. He passed you up a couple seconds ago because you're stopped in the wagon and you're staring at the head of Danathan as the body comes to retrieve its Delahan head. This armored figure picks up its head, refixes it to its body, and the crowd has gone quiet now that so many of the races are taken out of commission and Tomothy is by himself just fist pumping, driving away from you, thinking he's the best racer in backseat. You're standing illuminated from below on the ring light here, standing before one of your best knights, Danathan Hawk. What do you do? 
guy disembarks from the rolling pin and starts walking toward the figure. You. Is it you? Danathan? You hear the scrape of a sword being drawn. Guy is uh, just slowly walking forward and he's very anxious and is taking deep breaths as he is trying to understand what he's seeing before him. The deep breaths kind of bring back more memories and he's trying to remember where he is and remember who this person is in front of him and he kind of loses himself. Danathan's looking at you. Now with his sword at his side, he brings it up and points it at you from just 10 feet away. You hear his voice echoing out underneath his helm. He says, We serve Viren. We serve Lodum. And we're back in the core chamber. Viren is one of the five. Sorry. Oh, really? I'm having a moment. We're back in the core chamber. It's Doran, Journey, and Oscar, and Lyrian, and Sesk, of course. But the only thing speaking right now is an echo bell. You hear Aaron's voice. Uh, hello? Without breaking eye contact with Lyrian, I pull the echo bell out and put it up next to my ear. Hello? Is this thing hello? Aaron, it's working. This is a really bad time. Um, okay, uh, Doran, uh... We just talked to Mabel, and it seems like she was the one drawing the power from Sesk, but she was being blackmailed or something by Lyrian, and I think he was calling her down there. Yeah, um, so just keep an eye out for him, okay? He's here, Aaron. Oh, no. What the heck? What do you mean Mabel was working? Doran, what the fuck? What the fuck is she talking about? Aaron. I know I haven't said much, but I do care about you and everyone else. And Aaron, like <laughs> the, the the echo bell slips a little in her hand, <laughs> and she's oh, like, oh, oh, oh. Oh. Uh, "Sorry, what?" This might be goodbye. Hopefully not. And I put the echo bell away. Dorn, no, no. And um, so basically, with Lyrian, I am basically prepping silence just in case he tries to do something. I am not even paying attention to Sesk or Oscar at this point. Okay. What are you doing here? Lyrian takes his eyes off Journey for just a second and flicks them down to you, Doran, and he says, I'll deal with you when it comes time. You get out of my way. We're not going anywhere. We're all dead anyways. The only thing that would bring me joy is to ensure you die too. Fine. Move up the timetable if you want. You see him reach out both of his hands up to his sides. He begins to breathe deeply and the island begins to shake. As you see streams of bismite all around the room, these giant crystals begin to melt down and stream towards him. This gleaming liquid metal from all over the room begins to enwrap Lyrian's body. In an instant, you see he is plated from hoof to horns with immaculately detailed bismite armor, making Diver's outfit look like a joke. The metal cools into a rosy silver 
he reaches out a hand to receive a silvery spear, taller than he is. Behind him, six more spears just like it, arranging in a floating arc like lustrous wings. Don't go pretending I never gave you a chance. Oscar, this man has something on Mabel. We need to stop him. You got it. Journey, if there's anything you can do to get Sesk the help, we might need it. As Doran was kind of talking with Lyrian, Journey behind him was slowly like growing claws and teeth Mm -hmm. and looking more primal and vicious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, was crouching in front of Sesk as if to defend him. Um, And she also went to draw out her bow. And that is the tableau. With a bow drawn, claws out, Doran at the ready, and Oscar beginning to ignite and float beside you. Lyrian with his spear wings outstretched pointing straight at you. The island begins to shake. And we end it there. Jesus Christ. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Tim, your GM. I'm Aaron and Doran. Oh my god. (laughs) Who are you? Who are you? I'm Hannah. There you go. And who do you play? There you go. Uh, I'm Tara and I play Journey and Journey Might Die. Who knows? Hey, I'm Thomas and I'm Guy. And you're not winning the race. (laughs) (laughs) There's still time, baby. You were ahead. Sorry. I am John and I play Doran today and next week. Who knows? (laughs) And I'm Maggie and I play Poppy and I did not sign up for this. (laughs) Share the show with people you love and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.